And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. We're, we're going to win this game. Um, I'm confident in that. We're clearly planning on going, to, you know, to Washington to win the game. I mean, there's, there's no doubt about that. Empty backfield. Pressure. Heineke is decked. Down he goes. The ball is loose. It's picked up by Dallas and Armstrong. He's got a convoy. He's going to walk in. Parsons with the sack, forced to fumble, and Dorrance Armstrong. The only thing else I got to say is, how about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys, indeed. Mike McCarthy guaranteed a win, and a win is what the Cowboys got. It wasn't super pretty at the end, but they end up winning in Washington, 27-20. We've got John Mishota standing by at FedEx Field to join us for this episode about them Cowboys. Welcome in, I'm Kent, producing... And joined by the best host with the most to say about the Dallas Cowboys after this incredible NFC East win. Big win for the Dallas Cowboys, Kevin. Take it away. Well, obviously there's a lot to get into in that game that was 24 to nothing at halftime. And then the Cowboys get outscored 20 to 3 in the second half. John, uh, live at FedEx Field, what are your thoughts about that game? It's really the story of two halves when you look at it. And you can't be happy about the way it ended, but you're never going to frown on a road win in the division, a game of this magnitude in December. You're not. And and <laughs> I went into this thing thinking, okay, I'm not going to be negative. We're going to try and stay positive about this. It's a division win. You improve to nine and four. You know, you're heading in the right direction. Uh, you, you know, if someone would have told you this at the beginning of the season, this is where you'd be. You'd be, you'd be content with that. But man, did it get ugly there late. I mean, it just, it, I'm sorry. I don't know how you just gloss over that neck. Like, no, it's not that big of a deal. No, nothing to see here. I mean, it came down to a couple of plays that it didn't need to come down to any of those plays. Like the second half should never even have been close. And it's not just because of how well Dallas played in the first half. It's just all the guys that Washington was losing. When they lose uh, McLaurin, uh, they're... <laughs> They're losing Heineke's going out of the game. They're bringing in Kyle Allen. They don't have their their top four edge rushers. Like, there's no reason that game that team should be getting back into the game at all, unless you basically, uh, you know, the one the one touchdown on the long drive. You can live with that. But that Dak Prescott interception pick six return on Cole Holcomb that that just can't happen. You can't allow that to happen in any game, let alone a division game like like this. And and I think that's probably your biggest takeaway from this game. Outside of them getting a win, obviously that's positive and all that. But I don't know how you watch this team and don't have concerns about Dak Prescott and the way he has not just played today, but the way he's been playing for the last month or, month or two. You know, I think like as excited as, excited as you want to be about the defense with Tank back, Randy Gregory back, where are you today without Randy Gregory? And then Micah Parsons making the case for being the best defensive player in the universe right now. 
Like that's that's how far it's gone. As excited as you want to be about what's happening with the defense, it's that same level of concern on the other side about what's happening with the offense. And that's what's right, just right. Because you're kind of like, because I watch them and I'm just like, is that the defense look great and all? But is that defense going to be enough to do it like that in the playoffs? I think that they'll be good, good enough that like with combined with a good offense, they can do it in the playoffs and, and give this team a chance to make a playoff deep playoff run. But just one side or the other is not going to get it done against those really good teams. You know, there is something to be said, though, about being up 24 to nothing. I don't know how many times we see this in the NFL where teams, for whatever reason, take their foot off the pedal a little bit. And you can kind of see that with the Cowboys. Like if the Cowboys were still going and then again, it still hasn't looked like the offense of September and October in a long time, but you could kind of see them playing a little more conservatively trying to run a little more clock and things like that. And I just wonder what would have happened if they would have kept kind of winging it and spread the ball around and those types of things. The issues are still there, you know, and then when it gets to, to be a one score game, you start going, uh Oh, you know, when that interception happens, you start going, uh Oh, but you know, I was kind of going, okay, it's kind of a sloppy second half, but get through it. Keep running the clock type of thing, kind of content with that until Dak throws that interception. And then you hit the red button. So, I mean, there is something to be said about, hey, that's just kind of how football is sometimes when teams get ahead. They do, for whatever reason, let off every now and then, now and again. But I think the, where, where the Cowboys offense doesn't have any leeway is just the way they've looked. Just just a little bit um, incongruent the last you know month and a half. Yeah, and it's like I watch this game and I'm like, as excited as a Cowboys fan should be about Micah Parsons and all the great things he's doing – I feel like you're almost as equally concerned if you're a fan of this team about what Dak's been doing. And it's just tough to, to balance because it'd be one thing if they were let back in this game because, ah, there was this bad fumble by Michael Gallup or so-and-so missed a block and it led to this fumble or, you know, Zeke turned it over here or something, but it's that it's hard to just look at this game and the way Dak played in this game as just a one-off. It was, it's just like, it seems like it has continued going all the way back to missing that time with the calf injury. And just since he has returned, I don't care who you are. You cannot say that this looks like the same Dak Prescott. And I just, again, like, can they win the division? Absolutely. I don't care if they would have lost today. they still should win this division. They should beat the giants by two touchdowns, if not more next week. It's not about that to me. To me, it's about what are you going to do at the end of December into January the talent is there, especially with Gregory and Gallimore back piece together with Lawrence and Parsons. This is the defense that you wanted to have to put together with this loaded offense. And now all of a sudden you're like, Ugh, the offense isn't really that loaded right now. Yeah. That's, that's what I kind of was thinking like the Tony Pollard thing. When you combine that with the Zeke's injury, cause Zeke's clearly still not right. Nothing's changed there. That changes some elements too, uh, you know. And Corey Clement did a nice job filling in, um, and it was kind of taking care of the ball. I guess. I mean, all you could really do to not say you did a good job filling in the way this team's been running the ball is just fumble, you know. So like, hey, he took care of the ball. He stayed in bounds, you know, when they were ahead by three scores. Good job. But that's another you know aspect. How severe is the Tony Pollard injury? How much time is he going to miss? Is Zeke ever going to get right this year? I don't know. And I want to go to Tyron as well. Obviously, Zach got, uh, Zach Martin got banged up a little bit as well. But Tyron leaving the game changes the way you think about you know this afternoon as well. 
No, absolutely. And then and it didn't look good the way he had the back of his ankle rolled up on. It's interesting though. We talk about the offensive line because I, I, I just, I found it interesting, at least of the packages that they were doing, bringing in Terrence Steele, bringing in Connor Williams to be an extra blocker. It's kind of like, Hey, we got to try and figure out a way to get this run game going somehow. If that means we have to bring in seven offensive linemen, we bring in seven offensive linemen. It is just what it is. I know that that's not going to work all the time, but it just, I like that they're at least trying things to try and get that, that running game jump started. Uh, but again, like to be this late in the season and not have that worked out, it's, it's not ideal, but, but they're at least trying things. Yeah. Well, you, and, and you have to, to try things, but that that's where I think everything I was kind of banking on teams that struggle for a few months. I mean, for not for a few months, for a few games in the season, I always, put in my head, well, maybe they're just trying to get it right and get everyone as healthy as they can and then really get the ball rolling, you know, in December and then, you know, ride it into the playoffs. And that's a formula we've seen be successful with teams forever. You're obviously still trying to win games and things like that, but maybe you're saving some plays and saving some personnel and you're giving guys days off and things like that. Now I just wonder, like, is there a push it button? Is there a uh, conceding that they are you know, probably not going to get the one seed. They know they're going to be the two or the three, you know, um, or maybe, or maybe even the four, uh, possibly. I, I wonder where their, their mindset is because like, you're going to, you're going to get the giants. It's going to be a very winnable game. Then you're going to have Washington coming up again. At some point, it might make sense for this team to start. We're not there yet to start kind of dipping out and say, you know what? It might make sense for Dak to not play this week or for Zeke to not play this week. And I know we're not there yet. I'm looking too far ahead here, but this thing's not right. Well, part of the reason this thing ain't right is clearly, to me, clearly, Zeke's not healthy. Dax hasn't been the same since he got hurt. Offensive line hasn't been healthy and together. Like, that's that's where I kind of kind of go, well, that's it all goes back to that. So maybe it's a health thing more than execution and, and piecing everything together. Yeah, I'm sure it's a combination. It's it's rarely ever one thing, but I think with that combination, sure. I, I I just think you're better off keeping the guys out there. They need snaps together. The continuity is not there to begin with. So if it is an injury type thing, you're just gonna have to play through it because you're not gonna get any better continuity wise. Whether it's the offensive line, it's Dak and the wide receivers, the wide receivers and Dak being on the same page on different routes, and then even with what is what is the strength today, and that's that that front. Four of Neville Gallimore, Randy Gregory, Demarcus Lawrence. And then when they bring Micah Parsons down there, when they're rushing the passer, that's the strength of this defense. And what really is what won them the game today in Washington. I think that even them, because they have missed so many games. I mean, Micah has been the only one that hasn't missed any time because the other three have missed so much time. They need reps together. And so I, I think even against Washington, they need to keep all these guys out there. I mean, against uh, New York and they need to play these guys as much as possible because they need the continuity of everybody being on the same page, whether they're hundred percent healthy or not. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, welcoming into the show, special guest Saad Youssef is here. Kevin. All right. Saad is here. All right. Saad, uh, I'd like to get your thoughts on, on what you saw today. I know it's kind of a strange game and a story of two halves. What did you think about today's game? You know, I thought like j- just the defense, it's, the defense was really impressive. And I think Michael Parsons continues to kind of elevate his, I, I guess, case for uh, not defensive rookie of the year. I think that's pretty much a lock at this point. Um, but defensive player of the year, I think that was like my biggest takeaway was just um, not both. Why not both? Yeah, why not both? And then also just the timely the timely return of Randy Gregory. I mean, 
from the like you talk about bookending a performance um the from the very beginning with his interception and then you look at the end with him uh forcing that uh the i guess somewhat controversial fumble um you know that that really sealed the game when you look at that just uh it, it, it you know i was just kind of reflecting after the game like how wild it is to think about the fact that this defense is like in in some ways carrying the team throughout games uh this season and you think back about last year um, and just where this defense was and how like, you know, yeah, you have a few, you really have one um, big new name in Micah Parsons. But other than that, you have a lot of similar guys, um, a lot of good role players, but you don't really have like, I, it's not like they added like two, three all pros or anything. It's, you know, that, so give a lot of credit to Dan Quinn for that as well. No, Micah's the key to all of this. I mean, without Micah, none of this stuff happens. And, and and it's gone to the part now where you don't even talk about rookie anymore. I mean, he is that Swiss Army knife that it doesn't matter what defense he would be on in the NFL. He would be doing this stuff. He is just a freak athlete. He's an elite defender. He belongs in every conversation with every best defender in the league. I'm not saying that he's Aaron Donald, but he also does things that are different. But there's no question that he has been the key. I mean, he is their most valuable player this year. He's been more valuable to them than anybody else. He's exceeded any rookie expectations. And now he's gotten to the point where it's like, this is a legitimate piece that you have that you're going to continue to build this defense around for the, for the next decade. And it's just so fascinating with the Cowboys to do something like that because it's been so long and particularly in the draft since they've had a defensive player like that. And I think because of that, Cowboys fans, outsiders, whoever it might be, are kind of hesitant to buy in. Like, is this for real? Is this for real? You don't get to the numbers that he gets without being for real. And, and, and it's and it's impressive that every single week there hasn't been any drop-off. He just continues to exceed what it seems like he did the, the week before. I mean, he's still I feel like he's still learning the game a little bit, and he's still but he's already dominating the game. And that's scary. Go ahead, Todd. Yeah, and, and to and to John's point, like I kept looking for that rookie wall. Like every rookie usually hits it. And, you know, and it usually comes around the 10 game mark because they're used to the college season and everything. But that rookie wall never came. And then also to the point about the Swiss Army knife, like one of the moments that just kind of stood out most to me from this game when I was just thinking about it was like that that uh, that near interception over the middle when like Trayvon Diggs almost had that pick. And it's like Micah Parsons was right there. Like he was right there. Uh, you know, contesting for that interception off the deflection. Um, that I think it was in the first quarter or second quarter at some point. And I'm just like, this guy's in the backfield getting to the quarterback. He's nearly picking passes off. It's just ridiculous the amount of different things that he's able to do and just do it so seamlessly. And you're not supposed to be able to do that when you're going against literally the best of the best. That's probably the only weakness in his game is that we have not seen him get his hands on a, on a ball and pick one off. And I don't think he did it at Penn State either, so he probably hasn't done it since high school. But that is literally the only thing that he has not done. Everything else, he's done it, and he's done it at an elite level. It'll happen. It'll happen. I get. It's just a matter of time. He'd probably have an interception if he was playing like the, a typical linebacker, right? The thing that's wild, Kent, though, is like, if you look at the other guys who lead the league in sacks, Michael Parsons has about half the pass rush snaps as they do. Yeah. Like, like, like the win rate, like percentage wise, <laughs> is incredible. Is incredible, yeah. It's yeah. it's nuts. And and look, Washington's offense is a struggle bus. This game was over very quickly. I mean, the Cowboys are so much better than every team in this division. 
Um, and we know that. Uh, and, and this is not though some overreaction too. like, I don't want anyone thinking that we're being too positive about the defense either. This is not some overreaction to playing Heineke and Kyle Allen. They've done this against good quarterbacks too. They do give up a lot of yards. They have given up a lot of yards, uh, not necessarily today, but they have given up a lot of yards to some good teams and things like that. But that is how you go when in the playoffs, getting opportunity, uh, opportune turnovers and sacks. And that's going to give Tom Brady hell. That would give Aaron Rodgers hell. It would give Kyler Murray hell or whoever that you're going to go up against in the playoffs. I guarantee you Matt Stafford doesn't want any of that. You know, so like there's a lot to look forward to if you can keep those guys healthy. Obviously, that big play from Randy Gregory was an incredible play as well. I mean, you can almost lose sight that Randy Gregory was back and made, in my estimation, to me, that was the play of the game. If you're just going to break it all into one play, that play of the game, we're talking about Micah Parsons so much. Don't forget that Randy Gregory just made a super athletic play to me, and that was the the biggest play of this game. Which when when are you talking about the forced fumble? Or are you talking about the interception they tipped? I'm talking about the interception to make it you know uh, eighteen to nothing as they ended up scoring on that drive. Oh yeah, no, that was huge. But they also don't win the game. Well, they, maybe they still win it, but yeah, no, no, yeah, for sure. But you know, like again. I have a hard time, like, you're up 24 to nothing, and they were not doing anything offensively, and then they finally kind of wake up a little bit, and your offense couldn't, like, put them away. That, there's there's the concern there, and the defense can bail you out, but this game was never really close until Dak throws that interception to Cole Holcomb. And that's, you know what's probably my that, biggest problem about all this, KT, is that I just look at that Washington football team. You have you have all of these different offensive linemen getting injured. At one point, there were three guys injured on the field, laying all over the field for Washington. They they just don't have the talent to win this game. Because if you throw those picks like Dak did against a good team, the Cowboys lose this game. Dude, there's, there's no doubt. And, and no team in this division has close to the amount of talent the Cowboys do. And again, the Cowboys are good, like 9-4. and four. You're you're looking good. We would have taken this at the beginning of the year, right? Nine and four, we're happy. Same record as the Chiefs. You know, uh, one game. I mean, look, look, this is good. You can't let. I think we're letting like a lot of this because the offense was so big in September and October. We can let that kind of cloud what is altogether a really good team, right? And you know, also, and, also real quick, KT on that. Like people have to understand, like there's a difference between having a really good win and a really good game. This was a really good win, but it wasn't a really good game. Like, the Cowboys didn't play a great game, but you can't tell me that beating a division opponent um, on the road in December, a team that hadn't trailed for, I think, something like 40 minutes over the last, like, th- like well, however many weeks, like, you can't say that's not a good win, no matter how sloppy it was. The win is still a good win. Now, yeah, the Cowboys didn't play a great game, uh, for 60 minutes and the offense certainly didn't but you it doesn't take away from the value of the win that win like what sod's sod's point is like it's it's right and you know mccarthy had commented on ugly wins and all that stuff and i think that's that's fine every team in the league has a bunch of ugly wins right it's not it's not that big like i guess what i'm saying is the cowboys to me aren't that different than a couple of teams in the league right now that just don't have it all together and maybe it's one unit of the of the team that's uh, kind of a struggle bus right now. Uh, it's struggle bus by their standards, too. That's part of it. Like, the Cowboys are still better offensively than most of the teams in the league, even with the way things are going right now. Um, oh, well, if I can and, have anything, I want the health. Like, you can yeah. sit there and tell me that, you know, Dak's on the, on the same page with the receivers and, and the offensive line continuity is not there because I don't know if 
Terrence Steele is better than Lyle Collins or Connor McGovern is better than Connor Williams. You'll take that all day long over that Washington team. It's like, they just don't have the bodies. The, the, the Cowboys have the bodies. They have everybody back now to make a Super Bowl run if everything's clicking. It just, is there enough time in these next few weeks to get it clicking to when you do start playing the good teams, then, then that matters. And, and you know what? To be honest with you, we'll get a great, like, I don't really care about today. I know Mike McCarthy will talk about how these division wins are worth too. Don't really care about next week either. We'll find out for sure where they're at when they, when they play Arizona. Yeah, and we're assuming that Arizona is still, uh, you know, bopping along too. We got a noon again next week, right, with the Giants. That's we got a, a noon against a noon. the Giants, and then we're Sunday night uh, against uh, Washington again. So, Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Elsewhere, uh, well, you know what, John, John, do we need to let you get out of here, John? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm good for a little bit longer, but... Uh, let's go a few more minutes. Just a couple, just a couple more minutes. That's all. Uh, do, do, do I'm, just walking to my, I'm walking to my car in uh, some parking area that I don't really know where technically where I'm going. So I, I have a couple more. Be minutes. careful. Okay. So how much do we need to put on Kellen Moore for the offenses? Oh. Uh, I mean, because Kellen's Kellen's getting uh, thrown in a lot with this. And, and we, we talk about him when the offense is, is uh, bopping along just fine. Well, we should talk about him when the offense is struggling. Like how much does he get some of this? No, he definitely deserved. He definitely deserves his share of criticism because What's interesting about this game is that, and we had talked about this before, but like 
where are like the easy throws for Dak to kind of get going early on in the game? There's just a, you know, establish a little bit of a rhythm. Like, where are those? Like, there has to be things that are like kind of his go-to. And I just, that's my thing. Like, even early in these games, you're just kind of like, mm, I don't know. This, this These two throws look good, but this one and this one, it looked like they, they this is the first time he's even played with some of these receivers. The yeah. separation hasn't been there as much either. No, it hasn't. It hasn't been there with the receivers, but also you have, I like, I, I, I think like when you have a guy like Dalton Schultz, who, who, you know, is a big body over the middle, things like that, you, and you have all the attention going to the receivers, you can create some of those bootleg actions, you know, one of those things where a defender has to pick between high, low, and then just have Dak make the simple throw. Like I just, you, you know, he has to have the option to make those throws. It doesn't all have to be threading, like, Sometimes I don't know if Dak feels that pressure within himself to make those throws like that first interception that he threw today. I mean, there was no that, that wasn't even like a bad throw. It was a bad decision. Like there there was no way to have a good throw in to to CD Lamb in that situation. He was not open no matter how you look at it. So I think it's not all about Dak's throws. It's all about the, it's for some of it goes back to decision making and the thing that Kellen Moore can do there is, you know, get him out of the pocket, get him, get him on a bootleg and make defenders pick high low and let take the decision making out of it and just lack just let Dak do the physical aspect of it and get going before he has to make all these different decisions. And you know what's funny about that side? So, before the game, he was working on a lot of those throws with Cedric Wilson, a lot of those getting out of the pocket, scrambling things like that. And I'm thinking, okay, this is going to be one of those games where he's going to do that a little bit more. And he had those opportunities and he didn't throw it. Remember, there was the one play where he ran out of bounds and, and ended up being, I don't know if it was a sack or ended up going out right at the line of scrimmage. Like, those weren't there. That, when I see stuff like that, that tells me, hey, props to these defensive coordinators. They're clearly watching this stuff on film. They see, hey, this is the sweet spot. If he starts rolling left, you know, take this away and this way. If he rolls right, take this way and this way. This is what he likes to do on those. Because this year, more than any other year, when Dak rolls out, there just haven't been the answers that I've seen him have in years past. That was always one of his greatest strengths is when he got out of the pocket, you're like, Oh, something's about to go down here. And those just haven't been there this, this year. And to go back to the two interceptions, this is the first game I can remember where like I sat there after both those picks and was like, not even hesitant. Like those are both on deck. And, and it's so rarely like that. Cause like maybe one will be, if he throws two picks in the game, but the other one you're like, yeah, that's kind of the receiver needed to do this, whatever. I thought both of them were on him and I don't think there was any doubt about it. Yeah, I think the I, and I think the other troubling thing is both were like different reasons. The first one was just a terrible decision all all along. The second one was uh, he was late on the decision and he didn't see the defender coming back out uh, to the outside. So I think they were both for different reasons. But yeah, that first one was just maddening though, just because you can't you just can't make that kind of decision. I think. Well, the Giants are a good uh, a good team to play next week. If you're trying to get it together, right? That that could be a good rhythm game for you because the Giants are garbage, and uh, that's a, that's kind of looking for. Like I would, be, I I don't really think it's a conceptual problem offensively with Kellen either. I think we're having a few. Uh, there's a few times that, and look, definitely changes the way you think about a game and how you're defended when they know that Zeke is not going to hit a home run for you, and they know Pollard's not playing. Right, that does change a little bit of the way they're going to defend you. But, you know, I, I would be more concerned if I was like, man, conceptually, this isn't working. I actually think conceptually they're fine. Like, I, I think some of the route combinations and, you know, things like that, the the, the want, wanting to use play action a lot and things like that, I think that's all, like, 
going to be fine. I think Kellen will figure all that out. There's some times, though, you know, a lot of like, you know, third and eight. Okay, well, third and eight is a bad uh, position for Dak to be in. And Dak kind of looks uncomfortable. So we're going to throw a wide receiver screen here. And I'm like, okay, I like that every once in a while. But I don't always like that. I feel like we're getting a lot of that after Dak threw that first interception that he when he overthrew it in the first half. It almost felt like we were getting some some easier throws that he was trying to trying to get for Dak. And it's like, man, if you had done the easier throws maybe before, maybe got him comfortable first. But like that's a yeah. that's a very easy like thing for me to say right now. It's not like I was charting the game. And, you know, it just and a, it just it's hard for me to sit there and blame it on schematic things too. When you have Mike McCarthy, who's called plays for a long time, you have Ben McAdoo, you have Doug Nussmeyer, you have Kellen Moore, like. There's a lot of minds in that room. Obviously, Dak's been a, a, a franchise quarterback now for several years. Like, there's a ton of minds in that room that can figure this out. So, why isn't it happening? That's that's my issue with this. Why hasn't it happened to this point? Uh, the sample size is just too large. You know, there's just if it was one or two games, that was fine. It, it's now it's now a pattern, and, it, and it's a concerning one. Yeah, it's not the it's not the Denver thing, right? It's like, oh, it's the Denver, it's the blueprint. It's not that now. It's it's six games. <laughs> so like, but even know, if it no, was the you. blueprint, like okay, so the the Broncos, that's what they do. So their guys are going to be able to play that at their best. My whole my whole issue with the blueprint is that if you are one of these other teams, and that's not something that you do in terms of the press man coverage, that the the type of you know one on one stuff that they saw against Denver. When you're not doing that, and then you're you're doing it that week because you're playing the Cowboys and it work against them, how comfortable are your guys on defense at doing that when they haven't done it at all or or, or very little during the season? Because that's not the thing that they do. All, all the talent is there, and I don't know. It's just like we talk about this on podcasts, write stories about it tweet, whatever, blog, whatever, like behind the scenes, I'm fascinated by like what these meetings are like, what these practices are like. Yeah, no, no, I think that's fair. And then we'll really probably never know unless all or nothing's going to come out post-mortem. Right. So like, but like it, it's all, it's all got time to be figured out though. And when you're winning games to stack your record up, to give yourself some leeway and things like that, that that's all you really want. And that's where I kind of still go nine and four, great position, going to win the division, uh, going to host a playoff game. All right. Now let's really lock in and figure out what this is. Also without getting anyone else hurt, hopefully Pollard can return and that's not too serious. Although that sounds serious, you know, a torn plantar uh, fascia. And then also, you know, Tyron, Zach Martin got banged up a little bit today. I think he's okay. Keep it all together here. Keep it all together. This is a little different to, to in December. And this team, usually this is a team scrapping though, right? Scrapping to make the playoffs. Still driver's seating in the division. And, you know, not necessarily driver's seating in the conference anymore. You had a chance to kind of do that. And you still have a chance to do that. But overall, it's still, the, I, I guess I, it's take, to me, it's kind of like, uh, let's just, uh, let's take a little breather here. Look where we're at. We're in good shape. You got the Giants next week. Let's figure this out. You're right. The meetings are going to be where that happens. It's going to happen at practice and all that because until we see it, it's going to be hard to believe in this offense to make a deep playoff run until you see it in one of these upcoming four regular season games. Yeah, I guess my my parting thoughts on this was just that, you know, Mike McCarthy, 
he can talk about how everything's great. Dak Prescott can talk about how everything's great. They're winning division games. Everything's still ahead of them. Uh, they, they're they're going to start playing their best. You know, everything. It's small little things that need to be changed and stuff like that. That's fine for them. But we don't have to sit there and watch these games and believe that. We, we, we're not, I'm not going to sit here and watch this and believe that everything's fine. The sample size is just too large that everything is not fine. Now, hey, all it takes, all it takes is one game. I mean, if they could get it going, like I said, it, and it probably has to be against a good team because we saw them get it going against Atlanta and that obviously didn't have any carryover. But I, again, I point to that Arizona game. If they can get it going there, that will mean a lot to them just because of what Arizona's done this season. That could be the game that you look back on and be like, that's the one that catapulted them into a deep playoff run. Uh, but I just can't, I can't leave this game today and just act like everything's right because you won a big division game. No, absolutely not. I, I don't think that... That can be the case, but the, you know there are different ways that teams enter the playoffs, and you know riding the momentum. Like I know, John, you've mentioned this multiple times before. Just you know the way Tampa did last year, but obviously Tampa got it going way before mid-December, so it, the clock's ticking on the Cowboys for that. But my my last takeaway from that, uh, I'll I'll be a little bit more optimistic and positive than John. Um, I, you know when Chase Young is going to be healthy. It's going to be a hell of a battle for the next decade between or, you know, close to a decade, whatever it's going to be between watching Chase Young and Micah Parsons on both sides of the ball twice a year. Um, It's going to be it's going to be a really fun, uh, really fun game whenever these two teams play in future years. No, yeah, for sure. And I I guess the way I'll I'll, I'll end it, you know, my my closing thoughts are like you're you're not on the level of maybe a, a Tampa Bay right now or a Green Bay or Arizona, but you still kind of have time to get there because you were at times earlier in the year looking, quite frankly, I thought the Cowboys looked better than Green Bay and, and Arizona. Not, I don't know if I'm going to take that away from Tampa Bay yet. Uh, they've kind of been pretty solid all year. They've gotten a little bit of funk a little bit earlier, but they snapped out of it pretty quickly. I think we know Tampa Bay is going to be good. You know what John said? There's a big line, though. What John said, it just takes one game to figure it out. It also just takes one game to go get beat by someone random in the playoffs, and that could happen, I guess. But there's such a gap between those wildcard teams, like a Washington, to me, even the Rams. There's a pretty big gap between the Cowboys and the Rams. And then, God, a bigger gap between the Saints and the Falcons, the Vikings. All those teams are just fighting to cling on. You know, the Cowboys are really are in that like second tier of, of NFC contenders. And they are, as John said, a game or two away from figuring out the offense or whatever from being in that top tier. So it's just like, it's almost there. And I know uh, what you said, John, is we watch these games. We don't have to believe everything that, that Dak or McCarthy says or whatever. But I, I, I also do know what I believe they can do because they've shown us what they can do offensively. And they've shown us now for the first time in years, what they can do defensively. And that is a big difference in any Cowboys team that we've had in a long time. So that changes a little bit of everything. Paid Dak to figure it out, right? Paid him a lot of money. You paid Zeke a lot of money. Paid Amari Cooper a lot of money. Tyron, Lyle, Zach Warren, paid all these guys a lot of money to figure it out. Kellen Moore's probably pretty highly paid as well. Mike McCarthy's a highly paid head coach. A lot of investment in these guys to figure it out. At the end of the day, I'm kind of baking on them doing that. I kind of think they will figure it out. I just, I don't know if it'll be next week against the Giants or against the Cardinals, but I do think they will get it figured out to the point that this is a really, really, really strong offense 
where the holes that we are seeing very noticeably, I think will be covered up a little bit more by the time we are in in a in the postseason. That's just me. That's just me. Yeah, uh, I think John got put in the back of a police car. Send him your uh, thoughts and prayers. So uh, he's <laughs> not with us anymore. Um, hopefully, he's okay. I'll party and harden the Capitol. He said he was going to go uh, make some change for the country. All I heard uh, was, what did I do? And then he hung up. So um, yeah. wow. he's he's hopefully okay. Uh, but this Tony Pollard injury probably hurts pretty bad. Dude, that, you know? that one. <laughs> that, that's going to be probably a really devastating one if, if it ends up being bad. In terms of what yeah, this team I, was doing and stopping that trajectory on offense. That injury is, is uh, one that's. You know, Greg Olson talked about it on the TV broadcast, but that is one you start talking about f- foot injuries. I mean, big mm-hmm. problems with that, especially for a running back. I mean, isn't that um, what Felix Jones had for like, isn't that kind of what, what derailed his career was a foot injury? If I'm not yeah, mistaken. No, ab- absolutely. Yeah. And and there's been other guys who've, uh, you know, it's just like anytime you try to plant on that foot, yeah. you can't do anything. You know, um, you see that every once in a while, you'll see a basketball player get that injury. Um, I know Albert Pujols is like a, a famous baseball player who got it, of course. Uh, and you could ever see him run. Good Lord. But obviously, you know, Tony Pollard, though, was to me, that takes away a pretty big dynamic of your offense of like, hey, I put him in the game and he can score from anywhere on the field. Well, now your only other guy who can really do that is, you know, CeeDee Lamb. And because Zeke is not that anymore. Zeke is your throbber. He's right at the middle, a few yards. Um, you know, Zeke's not going to have any mm-hmm. game changing 60 yard touchdown runs mm-hmm. anymore. That's fine. It's fine. It's what it is. It's where we are now. You know, that, that's a, that's a huge thing. And I think we saw that uh, pretty clearly today, but you know, again, I am a big believer in time. And as long as you're getting wins like this and the defense is doing things like they're doing and the defense will go do it again. against Mike Lennon, Mike Glennon or, I had the Beatles on my mind, Mike Lennon, Mike <laughs> Glennon or Daniel Jones next Mike week. Lennon. Uh, you know, like there's a lot. E.I. Lennon. It's me, Mike Lennon. Um, but like, I, I just, I feel like, I, I feel like it's the health that concerns me even more than the offense. And maybe those two things go together, if that makes sense. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, we've been talking about the Cardinals and made me think back, like, do you remember whatever that year was, they made the Super Bowl 2008 or something like, to end that season, do, y- do y'all remember when they got beat by New England in the snow, 47-7 to 7 or something? Like, it was some absurd score like that. They had lost four out of five going into the playoffs. But when, when you have the talent, like they had Fitzgerald, they had Fitz, they had Anquan Bolden, and Kurt Warner was doing his thing and all that, they got hot in the playoffs and they rode it to the Super Bowl. And I'm not saying the Cowboys need to, like, you know, just, like, they can afford to tank it through the season, but I'm just saying, like, sometimes, like, as much as we want to point to Tampa Bay last year and how they got it going in the last month of the season, sometimes it just happens where you limp into the playoffs or something like that, and, and you know, it still works out because when you have the talent, you have the talent, and and I do think the Cowboys have that kind of talent to turn around. Absolutely they do, and again, I mean, that Cardinals game is fun to talk about and think about. We're still three weeks away, man. I... I think that game on Sunday night against Washington in two weeks is going to be a bloodbath. Just looking at how chippy things got this afternoon. Uh, obviously very personal. Uh, and Washington's going to be fighting for a playoff spot too. So there's a lot There's a lot going on there. So 
Um, that's just something to, to just kind of think about there. Um, is there anything else you need to get to, man? I think, I think, um, a couple notes here, KT. You know, yeah. Yeah. Go a ahead. Positive note. Greg, the leg four for four. That was nice. Granted, he only had a 38 yard. I think it was his longest one, but Hey, that's nice. Needed those. We ended up needing those. Absolutely, man. And that's like, that's the thing like that has been a question mark. Like, what are some parts of the team that like you're having not, uh, fewer questions about that aren't, or you're having questions about that aren't the offense? I don't have any. Besides health and the offense, that's it. You know, I mean, even the coaching, like you know, I mean, I think that's always kind of kind of be there. But we haven't seen Mike McCarthy have any tough game management decisions and things like that in a, in a while. Um, so like, you know, I don't, I don't even know. The punting's been good. Bryce Anger's been an upgrade over. Chris Jones and even uh, Nice Wonder or wait was it Nice was it Nice Wonder? Man, he had a kind of a wild yeah. name that was kind of t- tough to pronounce for a while. Hunter he's Nice been Wonder. A, yeah, Hunter Nice Wonder. Yeah, he's been a nice upgrade too. So like, I feel pretty good about the special teams and all that. It's just just getting everyone right, and I, it's hard to it's like it's hard to even talk about when you start talking about getting things right because what John was kind of alluding to. What's going on in those meetings? Because that's the only way this gets this gets right. And unless unless Dak's calf is a bigger thing, and he's smart enough, and the Cowboys are smart enough to not like talk about it too much, you know, it may be a like I'm amazed, and I know I, I know I bring them up a lot, but uh, because I follow them or whatever, but like I'm amazed at like Aaron Rodgers how much he's talked about his pinky toe, and he's like, hey, I just can't get stepped on. Like, you won't hear a word from McCarthy on anyone's status. Like, we didn't even know that Connor McGovern was still starting at left guard today. Like, I was, there was a little bit of suspense that Connor Williams might co- go back in. They might make the change. Now, maybe that was just media speculation or whatever, or in fan speculation. But, like, we didn't know because they try to keep secrets. And, you know, I, it makes me wonder how healthy is Dak. Maybe they thought we got to get some wins and kind of put the division away. And we're going to play Dak. Maybe they rushed Dak a little bit. I mean, think back to that. Think back to like whatever you think about the Minnesota Vikings, man. Cooper Rush beat them. Like think back to that night and think back to like how big of a win that was looking back now at how close the division got before today. Like that Cooper Rush win was a huge victory. Yeah. Yep. So I don't know. I know I'm kind of rambling. got a lot oh, of I thoughts know. in my mind, but, but it's just, uh, what you it's, mean. It was such a weird game. It was such a weird game to break down because it was 24 nothing at halftime. You know, John made a good point that the, the offense might end up being this team's downfall, and I never thought that would be the case. Even going into this podcast, it really hadn't dawned on me. I was like, Dude, you know, I'm, I'm just waiting for the, the bottom to drop out of the defense again because that's what we're used to, or, you know, Micah to hit a wall or something like that and the defense to fall off. And for that to be what ends up uh, costing the Cowboys – some success, but it could end up being uh, the offense not not being able to get it back on track. Right? That's a uh, that's a great observation. After today, no, absolutely what? it is. And I should say, like, real quick, they could go play the Giants are bad. They go play the Cardinals though, and the Cardinals go put four hundred and fifty yards on them, and then you're like, yeah. well, then what happened? Exactly, yeah. Did we get a turnover or two. Yeah, but also like, I don't know about you guys, but say the offense was humming right now and the defense was questionable. Wouldn't you be less confident though in that because you we hadn't seen the defense do anything over the last few years at least with the offense struggling right now you know they have it within them 
to yeah. flip the page at some point. But if the defense was still subpar, mediocre, or bad, and the offense was what it like what what we expected it to be with how good it's supposed to be, and if they beat the Reds, if they beat the football team, you know, forty five to forty two, I don't know. Like I think I feel worse about that than if than the way that it actually happened because. I know Dak is an elite quarterback. I know those three receivers can get it going. We've seen Kellen Moore draw plays up. It's about finding that again and reviving that. But at least we've discovered now that the defense is something and they can actually rely on it. Can I throw this out there one last time before we get out of here? I have one last thing I want to throw out there. Sure. That game was under 50 degrees today. (laughs) Dak and the Colts. And I've got a little help from Bobby Belt always finding stuff because Bobby Belt does those types of things. But another game under 50 degrees, Dak's lowest seven passing uh, passer rating games were in games that were under 50 degrees. So I'm not saying that's a thing yet, but another technically cold weather game. Like we said, Green Bay would be the only playoff game probably that would be in the cold weather, so... Yeah, is that yeah. what you're saying, KT? Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. I Speaking mean, that's, of that, it's also yeah, I it's also the only cold about a couple of things regarding this. First of all, I'm always fascinated by what's trending on Cowboys Twitter prior to games, after games. So this week it was the it was Benchgate. Were you following Benchgate before the before the game Man, this week? So petty and incredible, <laughs> I love it. So yeah, the Cowboys heard from the, the Raiders that, hey, our, our benches were going out during the game. And they're like, oh, thanks for letting us know. So the Cowboys made sure that wasn't going to happen. They, they get their own benches. They didn't fly them in from the star. I think they rented some or whatever and threw some decals on there. And then it was a, apparently a big deal. I could not believe that this was a controversy, that, that they had benches that they knew would work, as if that's like an advantage or cheating or – disrespectful in any way i could not believe well, that the, that was even a thing like any that that trended or and all of that I, it was a non-story to me and it was like the only thing people were talking about before the game the washington crowd like some former washington players that i follow and stuff were super pissed about it i couldn't believe it well there was um multiple tweets that had this joke so i'm not i don't feel like i'm i'm stealing this or i would credit everyone who tweeted but I love that it was that the Cowboys were tipped off by Seattle and there was a lot of we out of we hawks, you know, because they're like, hey, we're going to let you know. Uh, oh, it was Seattle. The, I thought it was the, Oakland. Yeah, it was Seattle that told them. Yeah, now they played Washington. Uh, they played Las Vegas last week, but um, but it was Seattle who warned the Cowboys. Vegas, so I don't know if that's an old, maybe maybe an old Dan Quinn connection, maybe or something. Um, because I thought that was pretty great that it was. Um, Seattle told them like, Hey, here's the deal. And here's the thing too. Like, okay, so we're going to f- work with some company out of Cleveland and they ship the benches. Like someone had to take the time to figure out how these electric heater benches worked on a game that really wasn't that cold outside either. I mean, 50 degrees, but the sun was out, you know, you're working up a sweat. Like, it's not like you needed like the big, you need, like hand warmers and the big jacket, you know, like it wasn't that cold. <laughs> But it was like, you know, whoa, we, we heard that you guys don't have good good heated benches. We're going to get our own, work with the company in Cleveland, get it shipped there. So someone on the Cowboys staff had to find out and read a manual, I would imagine, on how those electric warmers, like where are we plugging this in? 
how many cords are involved <laughs> to heat the benches up. It's so stupid. That was wild. But I love it. Yeah. I love it. But, uh, hey, we're 9-4. and four. We've got the uh, Giants next week. We'll be back on Tuesday uh, for another episode of uh, About Them Cowboys, or we'll record on Tuesday. You'll listen to it whenever you want to listen to it. Uh, for Father John Mishota, who was live at FedEx Field before he had to leave. Uh, for uh, Saad Youssef, doing a great job covering those Dallas Stars. The Dallas Stars, who were red hot and on fire, they've they've dropped a couple. We'll see if they can get it going again. Make sure you're following Saad on The Athletic. And for our producer, Kent Garrison, who also produces many things, including a podcast that's not on The Athletic that I'd like to recommend, Mad About Movies. I was lucky enough to guest on that. I had a friend, Kent, text me today. I guess he didn't know that you and I do this podcast as a friend of mine. And he said, you were on Mad About Movies? And I said, he goes, I've been listening to that oh, for yeah, years. Oh, yeah, KT was. He was uh, talking some Beatles. Uh, if you ah, hear that's why KT Mike Lennon and, and Mike Lennon are getting mixed up. want to hear KT's us. Beatles thoughts, subscribe to Mad About Movies. It's all, that's a tease <laughs> for you. Yeah, do that as well. And you need to follow the NFL show with Robert Mays and Nate Tice and Kent, of course. Uh, and uh, other stuff on The Athletic. It's all awesome on The Athletic. We'll be back later in the week to get you ready for the Cowboys and Giants. John will have a health check on some of the injuries from today and things like that. And uh, we hope you have a great week. Everyone be safe out there. Cowboys are 9-4. and four. We'll talk to you later in the week on About the Cowboys. You know, we're we're going to win this game. Um, I'm confident in that.